This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On the week that we could could become champions, this is the inaugural Blue Monday promotion party Q&A show. And that's easy for me to say hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith and I've paid my broadband bill so I can bring you this live Q&A with a man that I last saw swilling pints in the Greyhound on Saturday night at Seb Brown and a man last seen by many on the Portman Road pitch in his pink Stone Island jacket but last seen by me in the Arcade Tavern it's Joe Fairs. Has Saturday sunk in yet for you two boys? Starting with you Seb, the birthday boy of Sunday. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Absolutely superb. You couldn't have faulted the whole day. It was an experience. It was something that I've probably played over in my head 20 or 30 times since. I'm sure like everyone in the chat and everyone on the pod, we've rewatched the ITFC, you know, town in 25 videos so many times. And yeah, the whole day was absolutely brilliant. Couldn't have faulted a thing. Yeah, per- perfect day, wasn't it? From the getting into town early, I sort of went, popped, was able to pop up to the Greyhound to see some of the guys up there and then going down to the ground, I only saw the sort of the edge of the entrance and I thought, wow, that looks amazing. And then you look to see the video on the town in 25, think, bloody hell, how many people are actually there? I, I thought there was a, a thousand or so there looking at it because it looked packed. But I reckon there was five times that there when you see it. And they're into the game and having the game sewed up within, what, half an hour, totally sewn up. We knew we were going up and it was just a party town absolutely buzzing through the night so busy i'm sure the publicans of Ipswich town center had a very good night and hopefully they've got a few more of those to come next season absolutely yeah it was a, a really good day to enjoy and drink in but it was hard not to start looking to the future wasn't it and better times ahead not just for the football club but hopefully for the town as well and paul whitmore says after one of the best happiest days of 51 years with this unique at times eccentric club does anyone still think it's better to be promoted at wembley Seb, it was pretty. It was pretty special getting promoted on home turf, wasn't it? 
It was, yeah. Obviously, we've all done Wembley. Those of us that are fortunate enough to remember 2000, we've done that one. And I remember that obviously coming back in the car and people were on the on the overhead gantries over the A12 with the flags and everything. But I, I think to do it at Portman Road was something the players deserved this year. You know, we've been absolutely incredible for the last two months of the season. And for them to get that at Portman Road where they're, you know, friends and family and the pitch invasion and then all through the town afterwards, I think this time it was the perfect way to do it at, at Portman Road, to be honest. And Joe, not, nice to be able to celebrate something as an adult. Yes, yeah. I, I was only sort of 15 at Wembley. I was up there on the supporters coach with my sister. Obviously, still had a great day, enjoyed it. But I came home to Portman Road and got picked up by my parents and went home. So it wasn't the raucous day that Saturday turned into. But it, I don't know, just being in Ipswich, it just felt a lot more personal. The amount of people I bumped into that I know, well, we, we had people from the Telegram group in the at the Greyhound who'd come over from New York just for the game. I spoke to friends who live literally on the other side of the world. People popping up there, friends back from London, here, there, everywhere. And it just felt whichever way I turned, I was bumping into someone I knew, which you're not going to get that in London because everyone's going to disperse around where, no, it was brilliant. As an Ipswich boy who's lived here my whole life, to have a night like that in Ipswich was just superb. Lovely stuff. And yeah, as this is a live Q&A, we probably should say hello to some of the people in the chat and yeah please do get your questions in and any comments of course gary haseman's here ashley anton mw nick maynard gary haseman there's people from all over the world here as well we've got matt good afternoon from portland oregon even from afar the entire saturday experience was spine tingling um of course a real shame for those that that weren't able to to be there because it really was just up there with the very best days probably of our adult lives then it was yeah i mean you know i was i'm too young for i, I wasn't even going in 91 92 so i'm you know I'm, I'm too young for that as well so my my sole kind of celebrationary couple of seasons is wembley in 2000 and the following year in the premier league and then after that apart from a couple of joe royal which were enjoyable times but ultimately ended in nothing and obviously the the playoffs of 14 15 this is this is up there i know it's league 1 and i know you know some people think that we shouldn't be you know really going overboard with the promotion back to the championship because it's our natural pecking order but you can't <clears> help but enjoy days like that it's what you go to football for isn't it you know we all like joe said we've all bumped into people like i saw a guy in the in the ground that i haven't seen in over 20 years since i left school and you know because you've got that common link of, of ipswich town it's effortless just to pick up and chat to them again and that's what football can do it can bring people together and the whole day like i said was absolutely perfect and those those images you know it was the perfect week because i was very fortunate i did peterborough barnsley and uh and and obviously exeter so the, the whole week was absolutely superb and those images at full time if you know all the, the the singing and the north stand and the atmosphere around the ground and pre-match greyhound post-match greyhound it'll be with me forever because the, the, the whole day was so so special sensational and we'll always be able to look back on it um in pretty good detail for free on youtube because of the fantastic town in 25 See, they, they've wrapped up near enough every game this season with the Town in Five, um, which gives you a, a view of what it was like up close um, at the game uh, with Town in Five. They decided to extend it to 25, um, 25 minutes, which was basically a magazine show. And it was it, it really delivered, didn't it? Uh, Horse Hollerer says, afternoon from sunny Brooklyn. It's been more like Town in 25 days for me. No sign of me not watching it every day so far. I'm presuming you've both watched it many times as well. Um, any any highlights from you two? Um, it just, I just, it, it, even though it was twenty five minutes, it still seemed to go so quickly. Even at the it end, flew of it, by, oh, didn't it? Oh, was that it? Was it? But no, yeah. I, I just think being able to see 
inside the dressing room, that sort of peek behind the curtain at the mm. players and how much it means to them. We, we all know it means a lot to the players, but actually they're, as obviously we're fans, we watch every game, but this is their life that they, every single day they're training for these outcomes. They know they might only get one or two of them in their career. And you just see how much it means to the players, how good the spirit in the camp is, how... We all know how respected McKenna is among, amongst the squad, but how they can actually bring him in sort of for the jokes, the throwing bits on him and that, and everything's going to be taken in good spirit. But they also all obviously know where the line is as well, don't they? And it's just a, just a great reward for a great set of players, management staff, team and executives, everyone around the club, isn't it? Absolutely. And Seb? That image of the man crying in the stand, Sam Wolsey's daughter saying, that's my dad. Yeah, that was brilliant. And I I love the dressing room stuff as well. When was it um, Chaplin starts the Super Kieran McKenna song and McKenna pours the bin over him. I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) And then in the far corner where I'm in the the cobbles, it was in the corner of the Pioneer in the North Stand when they got McKenna, you know, and they were throwing him up into the air and stuff. To see that up close in detail was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, great, great moments. But the the Chaplin bin uh, over the head from McKenna was was the highlight for me. Lovely. Noel Baker says, my last and only Portman Road promotion was in the 67-68 season. This one was terrific. That's it's, It was beautiful, wasn't it? Just seeing so many so many kids in Ipswich shirts around the town, but also seeing the older generation that have experienced so much, um, obviously with the, the glory years from our pretty distant history now. But yeah, everyone coming together as one. It was just absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, we've got a first-time YouTube watcher tonight, Richard Tatterton. Hi, guys. Usually listen to the pod. First time on YouTube. What a season. I've been going since I was eight, now 42. Even better than the 2000 season. I'm I'm not going to quite go there because, although there obviously was jeopardy, I loved just like the drama of 2000 was just like... and the, Build up the, the, the storyline. Yeah. yeah. But it obviously, we we didn't have quite the same like lasting sort of rush of emotion like over one day did we ask well i suppose maybe we did but i was too young to appreciate it it was just that week did you because we were you at barnsley mikey as well so yeah i was yeah so i did you, do you peterborough, did the free oh yes yeah. yeah yeah so i did peterborough barnsley and that and as a as sort of weeks go as Ipswich town fans that was just as good as it gets really wasn't it all all days were great away days great games great performances and just blitzing it weren't we just absolutely blitz promotion from there <laughs> okay uh sorry i've just been distracted by this i've long objected to mps hosting these videos i hope that's only because of my <laughs> internet <laughs> but you're wearing the greatest away shirt ever so in the spirit of promotion i will withdraw my crutch okay thanks hdh <laughs> um we'll we'll warm it up a little bit with kirk says he met a friend in the gray and he hadn't seen 30 years he came over from estonia fantastic um, when right. you were hearing, sorry to jump in, when you were hearing how far people had travelled, it was phenomenal. We also had mm. Sully was in the in, in in the ground, and uh, yeah, people had come from the states and chap there from Estonia. It was brilliant. People just wanted to be part of it, didn't they? You know, they they rearranged plans last minute to fly in to join in the celebrations, and that's that's fantastic because you know, if we'd have got promoted, let's say we you know under Lambert, we'd have kept going, and COVID hadn't happened, or we'd scraped promotion via a curtailed season. None of this kind of stuff would have happened. Let's be honest, you know, it would have, would, would have seen the kind of level of emotion and excitement we saw on Saturday. So it, it, it just proves how much has changed that people are literally flying halfway across the world to come and, you know, see these, uh, see these times and, and, and want to share in those moments. Hmm. And don't, don't forget, Seb, that I did also travel up from Surrey to Barnsley last week, just to really show how special it was. 
you did you did you ventured to the north of the wall fair play to you uh the the fashion stakes are being mentioned here as well martin green loves the old school umbro top joe that, this is original actually it's not even old school there you go and that but there is some um pretty tidy umbro gear i'm just waiting for that to go into the sale uh the, the tight southern that i am um right let's get into some of these questions that i've started along here um we'll start with charlie d who are you more impressed with the players the owners the manager or ashton seb for me it's mckenna spending money doesn't bring any guarantee of success you know everyone's played their part but for me it has to be kira mckenna you know paul cook couldn't get a tune out of the players he has some credit for signing some of them but the level of coaching and improvement in the likes of well, Cameron Burgess, for example, you know, uh, Caden Jackson, that is all on McKenna. He's the one that's fashioned this style of play. He's kind of adapted things over the season when it's not been necessarily going our way. And we've gone from maybe sometimes a bit of a more of a direct team when we have to be. And it's, it's for me, it's, it's all on him. You know, I think everyone deserves huge credit. Ashton for the January window is absolutely superb. You know, he said we'll be relentless and we'll leave no, leave no stone untouched. But McKenna, for me, is just next level. And hopefully they'll be signing him up to a, a longer-term contract pretty quickly because he's the one that makes all of this work in my eyes. Yes, yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to disagree with that, isn't it? But I, I think it is, a, like with anything, it's a, it's a team effort, isn't it? The whole, the whole team from the top to the bottom. Ashton's gone out and he's found McKenna, convinced him to come down here, put around him what he needs to have to to be a success here, allowed him the freedom to do that, not put the pressure on when we were going for a poorer run earlier in the season, kept firmly behind him, held his course, and then the players have stepped up. It'd be easy for them to have not recovered from that run either. But you know, like I say, McKenna is the is the key to me personally, but like every, everyone deserves a huge amount of credits, don't they? Absolutely. HGH says he has a question for me. How do we want the new town TV that's replacing iFollow to be structured? I think for me, it's just important that they they walk before they can run. Just stick to the basics early on. Just make sure that everything's connected well. Make sure that you've got a good talker that can stay on air for a long time. If if there are technical difficulties, it would be great if if the likes of Matt Holland and, and Ian Westlake and when we're up north, Tommy Miller are involved in that sort of thing. Although I imagine it will all be based at Portman Road and that even when we're playing away and then they'll feed it back but I think yeah a few of us are maybe a little bit worried about how we're gonna <laughs> continue to to watch the three o'clock away games and, the, the and most, indeed home games the most but, important thing that they need to do is to not do something stupid like block VPNs from watching it because <laughs> all of our friends around the world rely on VPNs for their security of the internet so you can't you can't block those because if you do you're cutting off your nose to spite your face and probably throwing a load of income away as well. Mm, absolutely. And and yeah, and just I guess continue to to grow the team as well. That, that that for me it's been like really pleasing to see how well the the Ipswich Town media stuff has come on this season. And there's just more and more bodies, more and more faces. There's there's more modern equipment. It's not a coincidence that suddenly we've got all of this fantastic content. I know I know that it is it's what's happening on the pitch and and some of it off it that's contributing to it all being so watchable. But the production values are really good as well. I I was thinking with that town in 25 minutes, turn that around so quickly, I was expecting there to be a few technical problems there. But there wasn't really. It was just a fantastic watch. So I guess, yeah, keep growing the team, invest in good people, and 
and yeah, just try and keep it simple and not block the the VPNs, as Joe said, um, would be pretty helpful as well. Um, Tim Donovan, good evening from Plymouth. Um, I've got the open top bus coming straight past my flat on Monday. Town shirt and scarf will be on display in a window they can't miss. Oh, okay. So Tim is a, an Ipswich fan based in Plymouth. That must have been difficult for the last few weeks. Uh, I think Mullet asked here, although I can't find it. Mullet basically asked, are we going to win the league on, on Sunday? What are your thoughts on that? I think Dave said uh, in the flagship at the weekend that he expects us to get the job done. I think it's if, I think it's going to be very difficult because the players, you can't help but take your foot off the gas slightly, can you? After the run that they've been on, the release of emotion that came there, the Saturday night where they were all out in town afterwards, I think a few were out on the Sunday night as well. There was obviously the awards due last night where they were happy. And yeah, you've got a few games to go and they'll approach it professionally, but ultimately your standards, even if you drop one or 2%, you might struggle. And then not just that, even if you do win, which we're still probably more than likely to win, you, you're then relying on results elsewhere. But if we can, um, if we can get a hundred points this season, then it's an incredible season. And if Plymouth get 101, fair play to them for winning the league, but I still think we're the better team. Absolutely. And Seb, yeah. How, how much would you be able to get behind a, an open top bus parade, for example, Seb? Well, if we finish second, we shouldn't be doing it. If we if we win the league, maybe they'll do something. I mean, yeah, we all saw those great scenes twenty three years ago. It was great to be part of. I kind of get both sides of it. It's something you want to you want to celebrate football. You want to enjoy it. You want to bring the town together with a you know a celebration. It is League One, so you have to bear that in mind a little bit. I think we'll win on uh, on on Sunday, but obviously we're we're reliant on Port Vale doing us a favour. Plymouth's record against Port Vale is pretty poor. Obviously, they beat them at Home Park earlier in the season. Yeah, it's it's not the best record in the world, so maybe they'll do us a favour. But for a for a, I, I think that if they win the league, they will do a a bus open bus tour. I would have thought, but I would kind of I, I wouldn't I'm not won't travel back for it. Put it that way. McSaucepan says, save the bus for next year when we get into the Premier League. And I think yeah, it, would, it wouldn't bother me, one personally. I, I think that ultimately, if if we get promoted, well, sorry, now we are promoted. If they if they want to do a bus tour and I'm back, I'll, something I'll take my kids to and they can see it there and they'll be excited by it. And I'm sure there's a lot of fans that weren't maybe able to take part in celebrations on Saturday other than sort of watching it on the pitch. You'd like to, you'd like to see it. And I think sometimes... You can be a bit proud about, oh, we're only in League One, do this. But ultimately, football's about, you don't, we don't have many successes as football fans. And like it's 23 years since our last promotion. I'm, I'm sure it won't be another 23 years, but I'm sure when we won the UEFA Cup in 1981, people didn't think in 10 years' time we'd be doing an open-top bus tour for winning the second division. So it's, there's levels, but ultimately, enjoy, enjoy your successes. They don't come around often. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I I think if we're if we're second, maybe we don't. Maybe there's a way of doing the Cornhill without doing an open top bus. Mm. Um, I think yeah, that, that, might, that be might be a, a bit better. Yeah. Um, this could be hyperbole. Max FX, we're all in love with town and currently feel untouchable. But is a push for back to back promotions realistic for next season? What do you reckon, Seb? It will depend on the, the summer recruitment. I mean, if you look at the championship now, like, I guess the best advert for that is the current playoff teams. You know, you've got Luton up there, Coventry up there, Sunderland were up there. I don't know if they've dropped out over the last set of results, but 
we're a much better side, I think, than Sunderland were this time last year, and they've managed to kind of, you know, progress up the league. So I, I think back to back would be a big, big ask, but I certainly would expect us to be probably top top 10, top 12 next year and maybe in distance of the playoffs up until maybe kind of March time and then maybe potentially might fall away. But a lot will depend on the summer recruitment and I think the, the kind of football we play, the setup we've now got, the, the the recruitment that I totally trust the club to go out and get done successfully. I think it all sets us up. We, we play a brand of football that is made for a higher level to what we've been for the last 18 months after McKenna and I think that will start to bear real fruition in the championship. Back-to-back is a big ask, but like Joe just said a minute ago, it, it won't be 23 years before we're celebrating another promotion you know even if we finish kind of top top 10 next year which i expect us to do i would then expect a full kind of playoff charge the year after given you know how everything is set up for this at the moment 90 goals 90 points jay yeah i'll take that now if offered i'll take that now but i i, I do think there's so i know sort of without trying to think too far ahead and doing this but Seb saying there, we, oh, we'll finish in the top 10. My my worry with that would be is if McKenna takes us up and we finish eighth, then all of a sudden he's looking more attractive to higher up the food chain. So maybe you need to strike while the iron's hot and really recruit to try and push for that top six next season because you don't want to potentially lose a manager because he's done a really good job, but you haven't given him enough resources there. You're you're at the sort of whim of the parachute clubs. That's that's the problem. If If Watford... A Norwich still getting parachute payments, probably. If uh, they went down a year ago, yeah. So Middlesbrough probably still getting them. The three teams that come down, if if all those teams put it together, you, you you're not going to be able to compete with them. You need a season where the parachute teams have a bad season, like has happened this year, and then you, you give yourself a chance because Luton, Millwall, Coventry, Luton have been brilliant for two seasons, but ultimately budget wise, they're, they're teams we could easily compete with, and we're starting. We're, we're we're coming into this league on a running start, effectively. So, I've, 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 got, I've got every hope that we'll be up there. But so I think the mitigating factor is how how well do the parachute payment teams do? Okay, and that and that's coming from you, Joe. And you've been pretty uh, <laughs> pretty negative, enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, let's keep keep these questions coming in. I'll just try and dip into one. I saw something about Paul Lambert earlier on that. I think that I might have missed. Ah, here it is. From Blaggers12, how do you guys explain the strength and connection between the fans and the club? Lambert talks it up, but surely this isn't just down to the current level of performance. I, th- I, think, the cl- I think the fans have been desperate for to try and buy into something for a long time, haven't they? When, yeah. when Paul Hurst was appointed, people yeah, were talking about, in. oh, we're going to be brilliant under Paul Hurst, and then we were absolute dire Lambert came in and sort of gave it large and even when we were getting relegated at home to Birmingham there was still the crowd was still unbelievable still I say just des- just desperate for success just hope hoping beyond hope that we'd get the success and it was only when things went wrong when Paul Cook came in again there was that burst of it burst of support burst of energy again more season tickets and then McKenna and then I think I, say, I think I think it's just a fan base just desperate for success more more than anything but also, Seb, there's been so much work sort of reconnecting with the Ipswich community over the last few months as well. And yeah, yeah. since yeah, since since Game Changer came in, you know, obviously we, we famously didn't see Evans for the first whatever it was, six, seven years of his reign. Whereas straight from the off, you know, the ownership group have been out there, they've been chatting to people, they've they've 
proactively gone back out into the community with stuff like the the foundation and the trust and they've appointed good people they've bought the likes of milton and and matt holland back in to to, to get some engagement and just yeah you know to see at the at the greyhound on saturday quite a few people fpl bought his his son with him uh gary bought his son with him and it's great to see this next generation who potentially we may have lost to Norwich, if they go back up, maybe down the road to kind of like, you know, West Ham and some of the London clubs, that yeah. that group is starting to now come back in. And that's probably reflective of what the ownership group have done off the field. Ashton always comes in, doesn't he? And he always says, you know, I, I, I walk the players, any new signing, I walk them around the pitch and I, I talk to them about the community and what their role will be. And we've seen the likes, you know, that's just not somebody talking. We've seen that with George Edmondson stuff, with Connor Chaplin stuff. It's absolutely brilliant to see that everybody from top to bottom, the ownership group right down the to... The women's side know, as well. Yeah it's all grown yeah. hugely over the last sort of couple of years or so since game changer came in and we are now starting to see the the, the fruits of that it's, it's it's a brilliant time because they they recognize their responsibility and it's not just you know talk like you know lambert saying i'll put 500 quid behind the bar for some fans or i'm going to get some legends to come back to the club to get some ideas these guys are actually proactively going out putting measures and initiatives in place and it's it, it's great for us to have that connection back again we kind of we it's, it's a cheesy saying isn't it? say we've got our club back but it, it does truly genuinely feel like that after you know evans got rid of the trust and changed so many things and you know ran, ran the club into the ground but these guys have come back in and completely changed everything again You've got your Matt Hollands and your Simon Milton's back as ambassadors of the club. And mm. Mark Ashton clearly understands what a football club needs to do in the community. And it's it's not just understanding what to do. It's being empowered by the bosses and given the money to do it because none of this stuff is cheap. Yeah, you you can launch your programmes again, but ultimately every everything costs money. And Mark Evans didn't spend any money on that part of the club where these new owners know that they ultimately they want to grow the club to sell it don't they that is what their plan is their, their private finance and i'm sure they want to sell the club when it's a premier league club but you, you can't just sort of twiddle your thumbs and put all your money into trying to make it a premier league club by just recruiting players the whole club the whole stadium the whole infrastructure the whole facilities everything has got to be a premier league style and you look at like i say i'm sure mikey with your job you see these but these training grounds like someone like leicester's got where you think they're not mm. a massive club and it's like you go there and it's like you walked into another dimension Space seeing age, their training yeah. ground and yeah. And we think our facilities are okay, but we are so far behind it. That's even like Bristol City, where Mark Ashton was at previously. The what he did there, the Robins Fitness Centre or whatever, whatever it's called there. But we, 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 if this club wants to be a Premier League club, it's got to be a Premier League club in every part of it, and it, there's no shortcuts to that. No, definitely not. Um, one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is the um, perfectly timed. Uh, Player of the Season awards last night. At the end of season awards do, George Edmondson picked up an award for his fantastic work in the community. But Connor Chaplin, who also did a lot of fantastic work in the community, was the big winner on the night. He was Player's Player to go with his Supporters Player of the Year award, which I think was awarded at about 9.30pm on the Portman Road pitch (laughs) on Saturday night. Um, And he also won Goal of the Season for our incredible team counter at Derby. There's probably a couple of players that feel a little bit hard done by there, but that was a world-class goal, wasn't it, Joe? Was that your goal of the season? Probably, yeah, because it's just such a unique goal, isn't it? The mm. the speed and the skill of it done by a team at this level again, against a quality opposition. Yeah, in a big moment In a big moment, in a big game, wasn't it? So, And it's just, you see that and you just think, wow, we are playing football from a different planet at the moment. And... And well, like I say, it was a sign of things to come over the next few weeks, wasn't it? There was there's been some really good goals all season, all, all the way through the season. We scored good goals, but yeah. I think just 
we we obviously scored some good individual goals, but they've been mostly team goals. We've been the way we play sets ourselves up to score team goals, and that was just the ultimate team goal, wasn't it? It was. Would that would that have got your pick as well, Seb? Yeah, it would have done. But special shout out to Broadhead as well for the yeah, free kick for me against Sheffield Wednesday because yeah. that again we spoke there about Derby being a crucial time. Two nil down, could have been three. Fans were starting to get, you know, very unhappy, nervy, playing out from the back, and that was a big moment from Broadhead to get us back into that game. And ultimately, that was the catalyst for what followed because you know we equalise and then we don't concede a goal for a stupid amount of time. We only concede two more or three more goals all season. So that one's a, a special nod. But that Derby one was incredibly special being there. And, and, and from the player of the season point of view, I voted for Chaplin. I think I think it's either him or Morsey. And if, if either had won, I'd have been perfectly happy. I think if somebody scores twenty seven goals, 25 in the league, whatever it is, they, they should be player of the year. But Morsey also has been absolutely stupendous all season. The, fr- the frustration for me now is that the League One player of the year was announced two weeks ago. Or yeah, stupid, isn't Whenever it, it was, Johnson Clark Harris was a nominee because he was the top scorer in the league. Now, Connor Chaplin scored more goals than him. He's better than him. He's playing for a better team than him and would definitely be nominated. would probably have won, but he didn't even get the nominations there. So mm. it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. Care, he won't lose much it, sleep. Okay. It would be nice for him to have the League One Player of the Season award under his belt as well, because I think he has been the best player in League One. Because I say I've been saying Sam Morsey, Sam Morsey in recent weeks, but ultimately, twenty nine goals is you don't see seasons like that very often, and goals are the hardest thing in the game to do. And Connor Chaplin has done it from both feet, and he's he's just been a brilliant player, brilliant guy around the team there. But yeah, you know, I'd, I'd have liked to see Sam Morsey just pick up one of the awards because I think he deserves one as well. But again, he'll hopefully he'll be lifting the trophy on Sunday at Fleetwood and that will be his reward and be the third time he's won the league one title. Incredible, isn't it? The, the, the experience of winning that we brought into this club really has made a huge difference, doesn't it? And we're not going to be having Blue Monday viewers of the year awards, but but if we did, I think David Bergen would definitely be in with a shout, wouldn't he? He's he's donated five euros to us twice already this evening. Thanks for that, David. And I hope that you enjoyed um, your second visit to Portman Road um, on on Saturday. I think, was it Burton that he went to before, which we... Yeah, it was that 4-0. So he's got a 10-0 yeah, score. Fair play. That's, that's a, yeah, that's pretty decent. good going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think my mum went to three games this season and has like a 14-0 record or something. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous, isn't it? Uh, I think I I think I once went a good few months. might have even been 18 months without seeing a score away from home and I was quite regular <laughs> as well. Um, but there we are. <laughs> um and yeah, Mullet says he can make do of his Championship Player of the Month award, Joe. I guess he's, Mullet's talking about Chaplin there, isn't he? But he's going to be League One Player of the Month, isn't he, for April. Him and McKenna nominate, nominated. And I think Conor Chaplin's scoring 10 goals in April. If he doesn't win the award, then someone should burn the EFL building to the ground. <laughs> not, not condoning that. Uh, but yeah, we fully expect that to happen. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN. 
giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, right, let's get into some other more sort of irreverent topics. Joe, Joe Cook, when do you predict the cobbled stand redevelopment takes place? Within the next two, two years? This is, a, this is a difficult one. I was speaking about it with somebody earlier today, and I think, I think the problem is, I, I don't know how big the ground needs to get, but I don't think you need to add much more capacity on it. Maybe another two or 3,000, really sort of 33 is, is going to be our sort of top end. 30 is probably just about right. Obviously, you get a lot of games where you're going to sell out. You sort of want that. But I think the problem you've got is to redevelop that cobbled stand. You want to make it bigger, but you probably want to put more corporate hospitality in there because yeah. that's where the money making is going to be with these Americans there. They know this. They know we're an hour train from London and a five minute walk from the station. They know that's where you're going to make. So it's going to be very, very difficult to manage. We're going to knock the stand down, reduce the capacity for a season. And then when we rebuild it, it's going to be 1500 fans bigger. And we're going to put loads of corporate seats there because you're going to have people. And, and also the team's going to be worse because you're going to not have a fat a sort of part of the ground there for a, a season. Realistically, I don't know if, I don't know if there's a way of doing it where you can sort of build behind it and have the ground shut for lesser time, but they're going to have to be really, really well managed on this to work out the best way to do it, how to do it, how big to go, how to appease the fans. I don't know. I, th- I think it's a very, very difficult situation. And you're a cobbled stand season to get older, aren't you Seb? So how will they appease you? Yeah, I mean, Rich's had this theory for a while, hasn't he, that the season tickets have been capped at 21,000 because that gives you scope to shift the seven, 6,000 of us from the cobble to other parts of the ground. I mean, it's, yeah, it's something they need to do because the ground is tired. It needs to kind of, you know, have a have a complete facelift. But the money involved as well, I was reading articles this morning about Forest want to do a stand and that's 95 million quid. Palace want to do one, that's 100 million quid. This is going to be a huge, huge investment that they, they have to get right. And, and and like Joe said, you're not going to see that much added benefit. You know, I, I think we don't need much more than kind of 35,000. Joe said 33, I think 35 is probably our, our max. So it's a really interesting one how they do it. I assume they'll make it the proper entrance to the club and they'll, you know, have a fantastic, like Joe said, corporate facilities. But how they do it is going to be very, very difficult because they kind of almost can't win because, you know, even if we get shifted to a, a different part of the ground for a year, I, I personally won't mind because I'll be able to see the, the benefit at the end of it. But some people will complain and they're going to have to kind of tread carefully. But interestingly, in the last sort of, what is it, week or so, Ashton's mentioned it a fair few times, hasn't it? It's gone from being kind of something discussed on message boards and, and Twitter to, to something that, the you know, the ownership group are clearly discussing. I think he said it last night again when he said, we need a bigger venue than Milsom's for 
the player of the year award we need a bigger uh, a bigger stand than the cobalt stand for the capacity so it's clearly on the radar I think it's... the other <laughs> you are one of those is easier to do than the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a difficult thing to do, but clearly it's come to the fore pretty quickly. They can't, can't, must have seen the the opportunity here, but they're smart guys. You know, so the American group, a load of them have got kind of experience in, in property and development, so they'll know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, Neil Wilmore says single-tier stand would be wicked. I think we're all on board with that, as long as they can make it work with the, with the boxes at the back, maybe. Uh, Romeo Fort, any idea what the long-term plan is for the Staples site? I'd, 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 you only hear rumours, don't you? My rumours I hear around it is, is that they want to do some sort of like box park facility there with drinks, bars, restaurants, like similar to you see at Wembley or Croydon or or places like that. So that'd be that's what I've heard. That seems to probably make the most sense there. But there, there was also talk about turning the the front round effectively of the stadium. So yeah, but like changing rooms are probably age now like i've done stadium tours at like spurs and arsenal and again it's like space age walk around there compared to compared to ours so you probably want to bring those facilities up maybe it's a chance to try and build a sort of back office for the club there's not a huge amount of office space there a lot of it's sort of based in the sort of back of the um magna stand isn't it so we'll see mm. i'm just chipping in here as malik getting the churchman said <laughs> did you see the did you see the fans in the lower churchmen standing up all game and and singing on on Saturday? You could tell Mullet wasn't there, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we've got blue, uh, blue action coming to Block A next year as well, haven't we? So the Cobalt's going to be the place to be next season. The Block A when it's packed, and I know this from because I used to stand in the Bobby Robson stand, but completely impossible to get a ticket this year. So I moved to Block A when it's packed. It is so unsafe. Like getting in and out and at, <laughs> at half time, like it is such a fire hazard. But um, fingers crossed, somebody somewhere knows what they're doing, and nothing bad ever happens before it before it gets knocked down. Um, Paul Whitmore does say, "Don't forget the season we dropped out of the Premier League. We didn't have a North Stand. Dreadful lack of atmosphere. Down mm. we went. It won't make as much difference, will it? It being the the cobbled stand, but yeah, it does does." potentially have a negative effect on the team although Fulham have had a decent year in the in the Premier League haven't they yeah I think I think the North Stand was different obviously because it, it was our, it's our noisy stand isn't it so it's it's naturally yeah, going to have a huge it effect it's a big area for the Cobalt obviously to have nothing along that side of the side of the pitch so I think you probably naturally will get a bit of a drop off but in terms of atmosphere you're not really going to lose that much because you know I, I I do sit there and hand on heart it doesn't really contribute much to the uh, to the match day kind of raucous nature of the ground let's be honest they obviously don't sit close enough to me, Seb. Uh, Paul, Paul Strutt. Ben refers to Bolton away as a turning point style-wise. He's right, but I didn't see it as the most important victory. For me, Milton Keynes away holds significance. What was the most important in your opinion? I think Bristol Rovers away. Dude, oh, that felt so bad there, wasn't it? But <laughs> MK, that was a, that was sort of the first game of that run of games. Of like, we've got to win this one or the season's over. And, we made it a little bit more difficult than we needed to, but it was that captain's goal, wasn't it, from Morsey that did it. So I'd, yeah, I think MK, Bolton, for me, the important one, I, I know it's stupid because it's so near the end, but it's just that sort of, that Peterborough Barnsley, that double header there where you've just gone there and it's like, this is a big, big moment in the season. What are we going to do? Are we going to keep winning or are we just going to end up sort of going to Fleetwood, hopefully just, fending off Sheffield Wednesday behind us and it hopefully stand a point ahead of them knowing we need to go to Fleetwood to win something but no just to go to those two games and just absolutely 
blitz them really and i know barnsley they were a little bit better than us for maybe a sort of 10 15 minute period in that first half but we just went there and the, the fan base of players everyone believes at those days mm. and neil, neil wilmore says that port vale win was massive even though late in the day i guess that they, they were all big weren't they but the the tighter ones do feel that extra important don't they seb yeah because you just got to get across the line haven't you when it comes to that end of the season doesn't matter how you do it just just win for me Bolton was kind of the first time I saw us go away to a top six side and I thought okay we can we, we do all right here because traditionally we don't do that well and then for me that derby game when I saw how in control we were and how well we played that's when I really started to think well we're going to do something really impressive here because you know we've won all the games we should have won and then a few weeks earlier it was Bolton now it's derby we're, we're just effortlessly kind of you know controlling games and knocking knocking teams to the side and, and and derby for me was the one where I think I actually came out the ground I think Rich texted me and said how was that and I think I replied saying we're going to win the league and that's where my kind of optimism and excitement started because I'd seen how effortlessly we were able to, to to control games and how good we were and I was at Peterborough with a couple of mates and they they kept saying you seem really calm are you not nervous and I said I've I'm not because I've seen us at Derby. I've seen us at Bolton. I, I know what's about to happen. Okay, some of that is kind of said in in jest because you can never predict the football outcome. But you know, I, I knew how we would play. I knew how settled we would be, and 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 I wasn't overly worried. Lovely stuff. Right, HCH feels slightly morbid asking this. Who from the squad is getting sold, leaving? Piggott, Harper, Hadmi, El Mazzuni, uh Player of the Year at Leighton Orient. By the way, KVY, Greg Lee had well had me. Aluko and Keo would be my shouts. Can well, you see when any you, of when those you look at playing? The, yeah, so, well, I can. But when you, if you look at just if to keep it simple, with the um, out of contract players, you've got Sonny Aluko. Well, I think yeah, he hasn't really been in a match day squad since about January, so I can't see him being here as a player next year. The same can be said for Richard Keo. Um, Matt Penny is definitely going to go. Kane Vincent Young, you'll say, is definitely going to go. And and then Joel Coleman is the sort of fourth choice keeper is definitely going to go. So you say there, and then you've got obviously Massimo Luongo, who I think everybody expects and hopes that we try and keep hold of, and I'm I'm sure we will. And then you've got probably Joe Piggott and Raheem Harper, who are mentioned. They're players that just seem, if we can get anything for them, we will do. But probably another loan spell might be the most likely outcome with those. And then the players coming back from loan are Hadme, El Mazzuni, in Darba, Baggett, I, I think they're all still under contract for at least two more years in most cases. So do you try and just send those back out on loan again because they're probably not going to be ready to come in? Is there a chance that El Mazzuni leaves permanently because he's probably the furthest along and one that we might be able to get a little fee for? You don't know. I'd, I'd personally like to see him stay. And then it's just, will there be a couple of surprise surprise players go? I think, I think there probably will be. But obviously because they're surprises, it's hard to say who they are. Indeed. Gary Haysman says, surely Keir will stay as a coach. You, we can definitely see that happening, can't we? See, yeah, it seems nailed on, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah he's, he's involved now in all the warm-ups and all the warm-downs, and he's basically an extra pair of eyes out there for McKenna. So that seems very logical. He's a couple of years older than Luco, isn't he? So I guess he, he'll naturally be ready to take that step now. And he's obviously, he's a local lad. It makes sense for him to kind of kick off his his, his career, at his coaching career at the club. Because I, th- I think Luco's the same, really, that he's... Yeah. Just an analyst now, but he's he's thirty four as opposed to thirty six, and he's yeah. so it's, mm. it's a little bit different. And he still seems so fit and looks like he's got more more years in him. But it's just w- whether he can get another contract somewhere else, or whether he wants to move into the backroom team. I don't. I think sort of Keo seems to live in a flat with Lee Grant on the somewhere in town, doesn't he? It's, it's his family don't live here, so 
I guess you sort of keep him here, but maybe they end up looking for roles elsewhere. But you don't know whether they hit one or either of them play in the under-21s to try and sort of offer that experience on the pitch, which is quite a new role. I I don't know. And on the opposite side of the coin, Ian Peters, would you expect recruitment from overseas, Seb? We are lacking well, an like Argentine or a Dutchman or two, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, Luca, Luca Cervelli. It's not something we've done recently for obvious reasons. And I, I'm right in thinking some of the ruling around Brexit's changed, hasn't it? Is it that the work permit seems to have become slightly looser as long as you're giving a certain percentage of minutes to English players? Am I correct I think, in that, I think Joe? that's just been spoken about at the moment. That there's okay. a, a rule that if that which was sort of briefed in the papers, I don't know who by that. But if you get 35% of English minutes, you allow four players with looser visa restrictions. But but ultimately, um, when you when you talk about players from overseas, it used to be that that because but sort of pre Brexit, any European player you could sign, but but it's loosened up. But now it that it, that has opened up new areas to explore. So if you notice, like Norwich signed a couple of Brazilian players this summer because it's it's all about the the quality of the league that they come from. So. Whilst you might not be able to sign a player from the Dutch second division anymore, you can now sign a player from the Brazilian and the Argentinian top tiers. So I, I don't know, Mark, Martin Pert seems to have contacts out there. Well, I, I wouldn't be hugely surprised, but I think in the sort of short term, the main recruitment will be UK based players, and then maybe you take a couple of punts from elsewhere. Okay. And Mark, Mark Cosgrave, just still looking at the squad for next year. Do we see a new. Uh, second number 10 or is Humphreys ready made for that role we 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 see Humphreys going out on loan next season don't we Jay I th- yeah my, my, it seems most likely but then we, I, I, it's just whether McKenna thinks that having him here around the squad is better for him than going out on loan and getting some minutes here it's, it's very difficult to place players out on loan isn't it so I'd I'd always sort of prefer to keep quality players like that in in-house but we'll see I think we will have a second number 10 I think when you look at Tyrese John Jewell, still heavily involved in the celebrations, a player that we were sort of linked to. And he's a player that, again, earlier in the season, we struggled because once he was injured, we only had Ladapo as a number nine until George Hurst signed, where if you probably don't want to get three out and out number nines, but if you had John Jules there, you know that he can play that role as well. So he, do, he does give you that flexibility across a, across that front line as well, which might be important. Absolutely, yeah. Um, here's a question for you, Joe. Your favourite player. How do you think Wolfie will do next season? Will he be given the same time on the ball? It doesn't always work like that, does it? Because quite often, it's the the, the more attacking teams will let you have the ball at the back a little bit. Yeah, and he's going he's he's, he's to be marking better players, though. Let's face it. Yeah, and 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 it will be a challenge to him, but he doesn't seem like he's got out of sort of second gear much this season at times. He's right. just sort of strolled through the games and and. On the ball, he's been he's been good on the ball, but I, he looks like a player who's got all the attributes to step up, doesn't he? So we'll see how he does. And if he does step up, he's a player that could go. His ceiling looks really, really high, and the sort of player that all teams want—that ball playing defender who can actually defend. Absolutely, he's an absolute Rolls Royce at times, isn't he? Um, I'm just looking here for the for what I need to plug today, Seb. So, Seb, can you talk us through these? I'd forgotten that I'd ordered these, so 
Joe's probably better off than me than doing. I, I actually ordered some of these in a in a drunken state in the Greyhound on Saturday night. And until Joe posted it in our WhatsApp group earlier, I completely forgot that I had uh, I had ordered some. So I, I have some on the way to me. But I think Joe's probably so better for off. The li- for the listeners, um, I've just put up on screen a collection of fabulous ITFC themed beer mats. Um, there's a Janoi Dynasty and one that looks like Stella Artois. Christian Walton, bless him, is um, carling. Uh, there's an Adams Broadhead, which is just fantastic. Wes Burns uh, on the Welsh is, it, I think it's Brains, the the Welsh yeah. beer. There's some fantastic yeah. ones on there's there. As classic Le- um, Luongo Fosters, yeah. Wolfenden, which is the Warsteiner, is it? But no, great beer mats. And like Seb, I've ordered myself a set as well, and also ordered myself a second set. But you lucky guys have a chance to win some by looking at our Blue Monday account. We put a tweet out there. We've got two yeah. sets. There'll be two separate winners. Um, you just need to retweet the tweet, mention them. Make sure you're following us at Blue Monday ITFC, as I'm sure you all are on Twitter, plus Footy Freds, which is F-O-O-T-I-E and then Freds, but with a Z. So at Footy Freds, at Blue Monday, follow us both, retweet the tweet, and then in the pre-match show ahead of the Fleetwood game, two winners will be announced, and we will give the... I think there's a code so you can go on the website and order them yourself and you get them for free with free postage. But no, they are great. I've ordered myself two sets of each of them because I'm super keen and just going to waste so much money on all promotion, <laughs> Ipswich Town stuff over the next few weeks. Yeah, there's the no-score draw stuff as well. I've already um, purchased a couple of I've months. ordered a no-score draw thing. Plus, we also have one to give away in the Telegram group. So as a plug for the Telegram group, I'm sure Mikey can tell you all about it, but we will be giving away a no-score draws post yeah. in that as well. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them all about it because I trust them to be able to navigate their way to the Blue Monday website here. And that has all of the details that you need right there. Um, And Seb, we mentioned the pre-match show. It's only right that you do a bit of pluggery for that. Yeah, we're going live. So the last one of the season, there was a time we were wondering if we'd have to do playoff ones, but it's the the last one this Friday night. So the game is Sunday, so we're going to go live on Friday night, 8 p.m. on YouTube. Come and join me and Rich for one last time as we discuss all things Fleetwood and wrap up the pre-match shows for the season. 8 p.m. Friday night. Lovely. And something else that's lovely is the mess that Norwich find themselves in, both on and off the pitch. What are your views, asks Andrew Pearson. I'll come to you, Joe devastating isn't it these <laughs> these these poor fans who have had sort of 12 years of being in the premier league getting promotions not being able to stay up sort of bringing through players selling young players off for 20 30 million pound having probably the best time of their life as fans they've actually managed to sadly finish 11th in the championship this season so if you just pass my world's smallest violin i will just get it out for these <laughs> norwich fans there but i hope like i say hopefully Norwich can sort themselves out and end up back in League One in the next few years because they look like they're on the slide and it'll be just great if they do continue to slide. Yeah, uh, we must, must beat them at some point next season, Seb. Yeah, because we might yeah. not play them again for a few years if they go into uh. League One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully the power shift has now started and the rightful order will be will be restored because, yeah, like Joe says, our hearts must bleed for them after, what, one bad year in 15 or whatever it's been. Lovely. And uh, Ashley Anton says, saw the possibility of Arsenal letting Charlie Patino go. He'd be a player he'd quite like to get. Do you know much about Patino, Joe? 
Yeah, really good player. He's been at Blackpool on loan for most of this season. He's, he's a player that's sort of come through the England youth ranks, but he's also got a Spanish passport as well. So I wonder if he'll end up going abroad. But I think he's one that you probably would cost a lot of money to bring in. I, I still think he's going to be an expensive fee without a, without being able to maybe come in and make a huge difference straight away to us. So I, I'm not sure. He, he's a ball player. And I think we've seen over the last three months that our midfields needs to be winners, ball winners, as well as sort of technically good players. But I don't think you can just carry a player like that in, in our sort of style at the moment. But, you know, McKenna would be able to find something with him. Yeah, he always finds a way, doesn't he? Uh, HCH, if other clubs come in for, say, Chaplin, do you think Ashton would get Prem money a la Webster now in the Championship? Or would he need a season in the Championship first? Someone has pointed out in the chat that Chaplin does have Championship experience. Um, if it is going to be someone, it's probably not going to be Chaplin. But is there anyone we could get Premier League money for at the moment, Seb? I think I think Davis is probably the only one you'd consider, yeah, but I, I think they need good. that. I think they need that year in the championship to really kind of you know assert themselves and show what they can do. In in reality, you know, League One players is Delhi Ali so the most expensive one at four five million quid was it? You know, it's not a league that traditionally you get a lot of money for your assets from. On the flip side, if in we're sat here in twelve months' time and Leif Davis has got ten assists, twelve assists like he has this year, all of a sudden it's a whole new category and a whole new bracket of fee that you could potentially go to the Premier League like Ashton did with with Webster and, you know, get those kind of player trading moves done to then reinvest further in the squad. I think it would be a, a waste to sell anybody now because 12 months' time, you could be looking at three, four times the fee uh, to what you'd get these days for it. So even I think even when you look at someone like Ivan Tony, for example, who absolutely ripped League One up when he was with Peterborough, it was unbelievable for them. What happened to him? He still had to go to Brentford in the Championship before he then went to the Premier League. I, I think the only way you sell a player is like a Deli Alley or a Nick Powell or somebody who's like 18, 19 years old who looks like they're going to play for England. That That's the only time you get a four or five million pound fee. I don't think you're going to get one for a Leif Davis, a kind of Chaplin, a Christian Walton. They, we need to get them in the Championship and you need to have that strength of finances as a club to be able to reject any bids. And I think ultimately, other than the non-parachute payments clubs, I don't think anyone could sort of attract our players. I don't think I don't think they're better moves for them. Even like, like say, you look at the top teams of Luton and Millwall and Coventry. I don't think you're going to lose players to them from where we are now because I don't think they'd be able to afford to get them off us or give them a big enough wage increase to make it worthwhile. But obviously, if a Everton get relegated and they decide they want to sign Leif Davis and they're going to give you six million pound for him, then you're going to struggle to fight off that interest just because you're going to get push and pull from both sides that the player will probably want to go. But I, I, I just don't see it personally. No, I don't see it quite yet either. And that was kind of HH's question. He caveated it with, will, will they need a season in the championship before that sort of thing happens? Um, right, we've got another non-ITFC question on a, on a non-ITFC note. How the hell is Allardyce back in football? It's the last dance for Allardyce, isn't it, Seb? Did, did you see his press conference today? Where he said, just yes. to talk yeah, I'm ahead of Pep and Klopp. And, yeah. he, he didn't say he was ahead of them. He just said, he said they weren't ahead of him. him. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Right. Pep and Klopp, he said they weren't ahead of him. He knows as much about them as football, about tactics and everything. He's, he knows as much. He's just an f- absolute weapon, isn't he? Yeah, but if he was called <laughs> Allardyce, though, Joe... Yeah, or Aladicio, as he now says. He'd be even more of a weapon. But no, he just is an absolute... But he's going to come in there 
and he's managed to pull the wool over the Leeds owner's eyes because ultimately in four games, you, he's not going to be able to change anything in four games, is he? Starting with the first Man City game, away the with Man City, yeah, so three games. <laughs> yeah. And like Leeds could stay up by not getting another point. And I, I, no, he might he might win one, but you're you just literally putting a different manager in there for luck of the draw, aren't you? You, you could put anyone in charge there and you, you probably wouldn't get much difference. And if they stay up, he's going to earn three million quid. And if they don't, he's going to earn half a million quid and just sit there and lap it up and blame anyone else if they go down. I'm sure Barry Knight's probably in charge of one of their games or something. <laughs> Destroy and exit, as they say on Atletico Mints. Um, Neil Wilmore, do you agree being in the Championship means that we get much higher quality of loans like Middlesbrough, etc. have done this season? I think so. I don't think we've really seen McKenna kind of open up his contact book yet, has he? I guess he's now can go to some clubs and he'll be the biggest draw as well, I would think, because, you know, we've now got 18 months of managers in the Premier League knowing exactly how a Kieran McKenna side will play. They know training sessions will be technically excellent. Yeah, like Kirk's is there, surely a chance to work with McKenna will attract top notch loans. I think it will. I think we might get a couple in, maybe. Um, he might, if he goes back to United or something. I remember the Darren McAnthony podcast said United loan deals were notoriously hard to do because, you know, you don't get any kind of favours from them, but we're now in a different market of, of of player, and McKenna must be a huge draw to any any development loan looking for a Premier League player to send out because you know exactly what you're going to get, and you know they're going to spend nine, ten months of top quality technical football. I, I remember reading something in the Athletic a few years ago, and I think it was when I think it was Eddie and Ketty going on loan to Leeds, and and when they were in a Championship, and it was basically saying how these clubs now have to prepare these massive presentations to give to the parent clubs to show them what they will be doing with their loan player, how they can get them because the quality of the, um, the sort of the, the big six, so to speak, the quality of their under 21s is just so high. Like you look at Burnley and they've got Taylor Harwood, Bellis, Sheffield United have got McAtee and um, Doyle in the side. Doyle, the other Doyle is at Coventry. All these players have performed, and I think he got player of the season there. All these players are performing at such a high level there. But I think we've got the management team that will leave no stone unturned when they're making a presentation to the football operation staff at Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham to get their players. Plus, we also have such a we'll have such a good reputation with how we play football to bring people in. And I say another Sunderland have got Diallo, haven't they, from Man United? Another. Another player. All all the top teams have got top top players on loan. And no no I relation think, of Drissa. Yeah, I know, but Drissa Diallo <laughs> is actually um, he's like the head, like the chief scout at Monaco. I think he is actually such a good he's, gig, isn't it? He's got unbelievable, but like a really or maybe like director of football at Monaco or, or something like that. He's but he's really really highly respected in the game. Yeah, well, he he was sort of renowned for being a really intelligent bloke. He just um, yeah just. His game didn't quite come together at Portman Road. A couple of people have asked in the chat, Paul Strutt, how do you buy the, how do you order the beer, Matt? So um, just check, search, check them out. On, search for them on, on Twitter. Twitter at, footy yeah, threads. yeah so at Footy uh, Threads. Footy with IE and then Threads with a Z on the end, like the kids. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or it'll be on our Twitter feed, you'll be able to see it. But yeah, their website is really yeah. easy to navigate. You could use Apple Pay on your phone and things. So they're very good. Lovely. And Seb, you're based right up in the Northwest, aren't you? So I think I know what your answer is going to be to this question from HCH. Who do you want to come down from the play- the Prem to play next season? 
Obviously, Everton for me. Yeah, I did Goodison last year. It's an amazing ground. It's a, it's a, it's it? a yeah, it's a great day. Obviously, it's, it's not going to be here for for much past. I think it's summer twenty twenty four. They go into the new one at the dock, isn't it? So it's last chance to go. So yeah, I watched them play on Monday night, and a point didn't really. It kind of kept both sides in it, but you know, one of them needed to get a win. If they do go down, that'll be an amazing away day, a proper football club, a proper football ground. So that's by far the one I'm crossing my fingers for. The, the thing that I'm most crossing my fingers for is whatever makes it easier to do a deal for George Hurst, whether that's Leicester staying up or Leicester staying mm-hmm. down. One way yeah, or another will make I, it easier to do yeah. a deal. I feel like it would be Leicester staying up. Um, yeah. I think if I they think... come down, they would probably want to cash in a little bit and try and... Yeah. Because I think financially they'll be in a bad position and it will make him an easier deal to do because his contract, rather than being on 20 grand a week, will be on... 12 grand a week so it might be easy to pick up the rest of the contract or something so swings and roundabouts both ways yeah but whichever way makes a deal easy with Leicester to do for George Hurst suits me lovely and uh Sean O'Halloran says looking forward to Ipswich v Leeds next season as I only live five miles away Leeds never very popular amongst non-Leeds fans in Yorkshire are they um from from my experience uh Mullet says keep away days northern couldn't couldn't agree more uh Mullet <laughs> love the north um he says, can Southampton stay up, please? No, they can't, because that is a very convenient one for me and a nice big away end as well. So us mere morsels that aren't platinum card holders can get to it. I'd like to uh, Neil Wilmore wants old my old home. Yeah, of course. Your your old home of what was it, Freshers Week and a few other weeks after. <laughs> yeah. Jumping Jacks. An icon diva, the only place I remember. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. So yeah, we will be back. Two more shows before the end of the season. So first up is that live show that Seb mentioned, the the pre-match show looking ahead to Fleetwood. Um, and what time are you doing that and when, Seb? 8pm, Friday night. Check the socials. I'm sure we'll start tweeting about it on Friday morning. But yeah, Friday, 8pm on YouTube for the, the final pre-match show of the season discussing all things Fleetwood and a possible title win. And after Sunday's game in Fleetwood, I guess those of us that are in a fit state will hopefully be able to do a flagship show maybe it'll be monday who knows um yeah exactly. there'll definitely be a flagship show to toast the promotion once again and hopefully winning the league up in fleetwood thank you everyone for for joining us thanks everyone for listening if you could hit like on youtube that would be a, a massive help um to us uh we really appreciate your support all season it's been fantastic thank you for all of the comments questions super chats joining us in the telegram it's been it's been one season that we're never going to forget. Um, yeah, so I'm going to leave leave you boys to to close the show out. You can sing, you can you can come up with something really profound to say ahead of Fleetwood. What's it going to be from you, Seb? Just thank you, everyone. Enjoy these moments. It's it's what we're football fans for. It's brilliant, and long may it continue. And yeah, to- totally agree with Seb. What a season we've had. Hopefully I'll see a few of you guys up at Fleetwood on Sunday. And if you do see me, remember it's my birthday. So give me a buy me a beer or give me a pack of crisps or something. It'll be great. What colour Stone Island jacket are you sporting on? on- <laughs> no, no, I'll go Club Colours, Club Colours Sunday for the game. So you'll see me on the pitch. Brilliant. This is our time.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.